Hello, and welcome to the Sporting Chance Podcast. I'm Matt Maritea. I'm going to be your host. This is a podcast that's all about talking sports and having a beer or maybe two. So, thank you for stopping by, and without further ado, let's get to it. Hey, hey, what do you say? It's Matt Maratea, as always, with the Sporting Chance Podcast. Now, before we get going with the episode, we're going to talk about a way that you can help me with the podcast. And that is by checking out some of the amazing people that I do some affiliate work for. First up is Lanafee. Lanafee is a company that's bringing you some of the best athletic gear that I've ever worn. Soft, comfortable, form-fitting. The fabric is totally breathable. It's going to make you look good in and out of your workouts. They also have a brand new supplement line and a ton of functional strength equipment from weight belts, hand grips, you name it, shaker bottles, notebooks, hats, anything that you could need for your athletics when the gyms do open again or to rock out in your home gym. So if you go to Lanafee.com, as you should, use the code SPORTCHANCE with a capital S and a capital C at checkout. Make sure you do that. And then another thing you want to focus on is taking care of yourself before, after, and in between workouts. The best way to do that is by heading on over to FNXFit.com. FNXFit is launching a fantastic supplement line. They have a ton of great products. Protein blends for your AM, your PM, post-workouts, pre-workouts, a super greens blend, krill oil supplements, uh, their own CBD line. And they also just introduced some brand new styles to their functional fitness wear as well. And they have one of the sweetest gym bags I have ever seen. Plus, they are donating a percentage of each purchase Uh, two charities for the rest of this week. So when you head on over to FNXFit, make sure you use the code SPORTCHANCE, as we talked about before, capital S, capital C. Let's keep the same cross-platforms, people, right? Yeah, capital S, capital C at FNXFit.com. And we're off. Yeah, now it's uh, officially episode 39. How about that? Keep on trucking, rambling. Lord, I was born a rambling man. Yeah. Okay. Getting off topic here. As always, we are here to talk about sports. So, yeah, let's do that. What I want to get into first is a quick update on the NHL playoff scenario. So we've sort of outlined this a couple of times throughout the podcast. And now it seems like the NHL has made sort of an official decree or decision on the matter. So what's going to happen is that we're still going to have that qualifying round, right? The best of five round where seeds five through 12 in each conference is going to play each other. And then there's going to be a small seeding tournament between seeds one through four. From there, it's just going to be four rounds, best of seven, reseeding after each round. So we're going to get a full playoffs in, plus there's going to be that little mini qualifying round and then seeding round that happens sort of simultaneously. 
that is, I think, an improvement. Uh, I guess in the manner of how I feel, right? Uh, trying to say that this was going to be a, a season worthy of awarding a Stanley Cup to was uh, becoming a bit uh, difficult uh, in some ways because, you know, it, it's difficult, right? A season stopped or interrupted. It's not consecutive. And it just doesn't feel, you know, like it's the same, like it's together. It, it feels as though the 2019-2020 season is over. And now we're just having some sort of weird, disjointed faux playoffs in the middle of the summer, ideally, right? Uh, but, you know, worst case scenario, at least there's still playoff hockey, right? I don't know if it's going to be able to ramp up the intensity. Likelihood is they're not going to have fans and still have to use the hub cities method. But it seems as though it'll at least be a full playoff scenario. So that is comforting, refreshing, and good to know going into everything. Also, according to the odds released sort of in Vegas today, Vegas, oddly enough, the Las Vegas Knights, have the best chance at making it, uh, at becoming Stanley Cup champions, followed by the Flyers. The Flyers were basically the number one team by Vegas odds due to their hot streak at the time of the pandemic hitting. So I'm not really sure what's changed or if it's just the fact that Vegas looks like it's going to be a hub city, which will allow for a home ice advantage. But without all the typical Vegas pomp and circumstance, I'm not sure if that stands. Uh, maybe just the players routine-wise will be able to keep up something much closer to a normal regimen. But... Yeah, so it still looks good for the Flyers. I think they have a great chance with the reseeding. They could end up the number one seed, and then that would give them an advantage going forward in the rounds, ideally. But, you know, all of that remains to be seen as we sort of inch closer to the return of the NHL and to the return of hockey, something I am anxiously uh, awaiting at this juncture. Now, I think I've talked long enough rambled on about sports for a couple minutes, gave you that quick hit. This is also a beer podcast, right? Sports and beer, it's what I do best. So, this ditty that we have today, I went from wit last week to wheat this year. Well, this week. And this one is another New Jersey brewery, uh, Ship Bottom Brewery, and this is their Blueberry Bikini Bottom Wheat Ale. Another good-looking girl on the can, too, oddly enough. Um, yeah, I saw this one, and, uh, you know, Wheat Ales, Wit Ales, oh, sorry, Wheat Beer, Wit Beer, kind of similar, but, you know, I, I saw Blueberry, and I figured that's a, one of New Jersey's biggest crops, something that I enjoy, a flavor, and, you know, a brewery that I've heard of, had a couple beers from have enjoyed figured why not give it a shot um sort of a just a, a light step down uh from last week's beer in terms of taking on a, a very interesting and unique flavor 
in a wit beer to moving to a wheat beer. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, can crackers. Now's our time to shine. So, pick them up. And here's our countdown. Three, two, and one. Woo! That popped well. And here we go. One thing that always amazes me about uh, these beers and uh, getting to try them and, you know, have a sip and, you know, really start to enjoy them even before that is just the smell that uh, I can get from these. Because uh, immediately with this one, I'm getting that blueberry aroma, right? It's that little bit of sour, that little bit of sweet. Uh, you know, that comes through immediately uh, with the smell uh, of this beer. So that is a uh, oh, that is a a good omen, definitely. Uh, one that I'm looking forward uh, to trying momentarily. Uh, the head pretty much already evaporated, as you know, these things tend to do. I gave it a pretty good pour, too. Yeah, I think I'm going to like that. But now, moving on, that I've had a brief refreshment and respite. The NBA is starting its march back as well. Not to be forgotten, not to be undone. And they have a super cool plan for me because I am a Walt Disney nerd. Uh, I love Disney World. Uh, the worldwide of sports and that whole complex that they have set up is so cool. They have the NBA experience there. And now they're going to have the NBA playoffs there. Uh from what it looks like for, for maybe the whole run. Um, basically, what they're going to do is they're going to have 22 teams housed at Walt Disney World or in the surrounding Orlando area. The 16 teams currently qualified for a playoff position and then the next six closest teams. There's going to be an eight-game regular season uh, starting, hopefully, around July 31st. It's sort of when they've earmarked it. Now, these extra teams are the Portland Trailblazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Spurs, the Suns, and the Wizards. Right now, it seems the Wizards, well, basically, these plan teams are, well, you know, the 16 teams in East and West, they're pretty much set. Like, there could be uh, some standing shuffling, but basically, those are your playoff teams, especially in the East. In the West, you have one, two, three, four. You have five teams that could possibly move into the ninth spot or even higher. The idea is for the eighth and ninth seeds, there's going to be a play-in scenario. If the ninth seed finishes within four games of the eighth seed, to get in, the team in ninth is going to have to win two straight games against that eighth-seeded team to move into that position. 
and then get absolutely trounced by you know the first seed in the playoffs. But you know, I digress. That's just uh, that's just the way it happens. That's what they want uh, to do right now. So that's sort of their solution. They've also made a statement about the draft. Uh, that's going to be pushed back to October 15th. And ideally, they're thinking the finals will be over by October 12th. So from there, uh, you know, the plan is do the draft on the 15th. You know, They give them a couple of days to you know, figure it out. And then go. Apparently, Kevin Durant can come back for this playoffs, which is interesting. But here's uh, the way this sort of shakes down right now. Eastern Conference is, you know, pretty well set, right? Uh, Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, all in. Miami's in, Indiana's in, Philly's in, Brooklyn is in, and Orlando is in, right? Those are the teams going. Washington is the only team that made that play in, but they are currently five and a half games back of Orlando. So they're going to have to pretty much win out, and they're going to need Orlando to lose a bunch of games, or they're going to need Brooklyn to completely fall off. Basically, from Philly up, so Philly, Indiana, Miami, Boston, Toronto, Milwaukee, they're in. Brooklyn or Orlando, barring a massive collapse, will be in. Washington can get close enough to Orlando, maybe, to force a play-in scenario, but it's unlikely. Now, in the Western Conference, Lakers are in. They're, you know, they clinch, they're good, they're in. Clippers, in, they're good. Denver, in, they're good. Utah, they're fine. Nothing's going to happen to them. Oklahoma City, they're in. Nothing's going to happen to them. Houston, in. Nothing's going to happen to them. Dallas, in. Memphis is in trouble. They are only basically going from the Suns up. They have a six-game lead over the Suns. A four-game lead over San Antonio, Sacramento. They only have a three-and-a-half game. Same with New Orleans and Portland. So there's going to be a lot in play for that uh, final seed for Memphis. So those eight games in the Western Conference are going to come down. They're, they're going to end up being very, very important. And I'm not entirely sure how this scenario is going to shake down. Because with eight games, in theory, there could be, you know, ties and, you know, more than one team that is in the hunt for that uh, eighth spot. So we'll they're going to have to clarify how that is going to work. Uh, but yeah, that's sort of the current NBA landscape and scenario for right now. Yeah. doesn't necessarily look good for the Sixers from a standpoint of trying to get through the playoffs, but we'll see. Either way, it's the NBA at Disney. It's going to be fun. And the NBA, I feel like I'm so much less concerned about the legitimacy of their season. Um, 
I know, even though they only played, let's say, if Milwaukee is 53 and 12, that means they played 65 games. Yay, math. The whole point is that the, the regular season really isn't necessarily all that important anymore, right? Uh, except for seeding. Basically, if you can get into the playoffs, you'll be fine, right, as a, a regular season team. And, you know, it, it's the playoffs where you have to be healthy, you have to have everybody rested, and you really see everybody start to play their best and go for it. Um, you know, some teams need to play really good basketball to get in, but they always seem to be those lower seats. You know, they're the ones who are battling each and every night to make sure that they get in. Like Memphis is 32 and uh, 33. They, they've really had to go for it. Dallas is 40 and 27. They've had, you know, some interesting stretches, right? Uh, Orlando, 30 and 35. Or Brooklyn, 30 and 34. I mean, it, these teams have had issues. And you're going to have under 500 teams who have a uh, chance at getting into the playoffs and making some noise. So the NBA is weird in that sense. But, you know, I'm just excited that we've got two big leagues on the precipice of being back. I'm disappointed in Major League Baseball because they seem further away than ever. The players suggest a 114-game season with prorated salaries. That's rejected. The owners want a 50-game season. That's not happening. And they're not even going to bother to make that counteroffer because they know it's going to be rejected. And they're just sort of saving that as the, well, we've wasted so much time. This is what we have to do now type scenario. And it's disappointing. All right. This beer's staring me in the face. I need to take another gulp. That's good. It's good. I'm going to have fun talking about that. Now, what I'm not going to have fun with is the next topic, which I didn't want to do at the top of the show. I didn't want to end the show with it. And I just, I want to keep it simple and just sort of get it out there. Um, it would be impossible and I guess not honest to not address what's been going on in the country over the last week or so. Um, you know, regarding uh, the protests and uh, the initial incident, uh, you know, the murder of George Floyd by a police officer in Minneapolis that sort of sparked this whole scenario. And basically, um, all I have to say is that I find racism to be one of the, it's just one of the worst things that humans seem capable of, and that you could just have that amount of hate and vitriol in your heart for anyone just because they uh, are different than you, uh, culturally, ethnically, you know, have a different skin color. It just, it bothers me. And, you know, I really hope that this is an, aff an affirmative step in the right direction to taking a huge chunk out of that and, you know, 
Hate is not something I think will ever be eradicated in any sense, but something that moves closer and closer to being an incredibly rare occurrence. Um, yeah. And I also want to say that uh, you know, I, I understand with all the protests going on that you know, the, the, the people's voice, it, it does need to be heard in some sense. You know, that's the beautiful thing about democracy and the Bill of Rights and you know, having the ability to protest. And I understand that things have gotten out of hand in many scenarios and that it seems like there's a battle between the people and police right now. And I hope eventually that uh, peace and goodness and conversations and good feelings will win out. Um, Oh, I hope there's reform uh, among the police. Uh, I think it's an incredibly difficult job to do. And I think it's one that uh, does a disservice to the people who honestly do want to get involved because they want to help their communities. Because it just doesn't typically offer them the, the training or the know-how to deal with a lot of scenarios uh, that they may find themselves in. And, yeah, uh, ultimately, I believe in this country and its ability to heal itself and uh, to make positive steps. Uh, we've done that for ever, really. Um, this country was founded on the basis of people who wanted change and wanted something different and didn't want to be persecuted. And I believe that ultimately that initial action and that initial spirit uh, will always win out. So yeah, uh, that's that. Let me wash that out. Ugh. I'm normally very much a, a stick to sports person, and uh, that's what I would prefer to do. I don't like talking about these things or these issues these scenarios I just because uh, yeah, I'm not I'm just not that kind of person I just try to keep my head down go forward and do what's best for me and the people closest to me and yeah, I get very uncomfortable seeing you know everything on the news on Twitter on Instagram uh there just seems to be hate and, and violence and anger in every direction. And I hope for a swift end to that and as many positive outcomes as can come out of this, ultimately. So, moving away from that, um... My card of the week is actually cards of the week, and it's something to sort of get me back in that cheery spirit um, because it's something that's special to me. It is uh, a plaque that I won from a carnival, uh, and it has a big picture of it with three cards and the picture. It is of Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, and Ted Williams. And I've always had a fascination with baseball, and had a fascination with history. So, you know, when I saw this thing, it was like a simple spin roulette thing, the St. Joan of Arc Carnival, all the money went to the church. 
I had to get it. Or, you know, I, if I won, I was going to get it. And I ultimately did win, and I got it. And it was great. And, you know, I've stared at it, I think, nearly every day since. Because, um, you yeah. There are these just three great, almost mythical ball players on it. People that I would hear stories about from my grandfather, that you hear stories about, you know, from everyone, that you read books about, that you'll never get to see play, but you'll see the pictures and you'll see these three guys smiling and they look like they've been talking and joking. And it's, you know, just a snapshot of three of the most unique athletes and yeah, with three such contrasting stories and I've always been a big Mickey Mantle guy. I mean I'll be, I mean I think maybe he may have been one of the greatest base I mean he was one of the greatest baseball players ever just naturally and just his charm and charisma and just his easygoing nature and it's just Everything I've read about him, it's the good, the bad, it's just all, he it was an incredible person in every sense. Flaws or no flaws, and it's just, uh, I'm just so glad that there are these stories out there and that I can have this type of knowledge about people uh, who were as famous and as talented. I mean, Ted Williams may have been the greatest hitter of all time. Uh, Joe DiMaggio, one of the best hitters. I mean, the 56-game hit streak, it's about as legendary a record as there is. I mean, you can talk about, say, like Wayne Gretzky goals in a season or points overall in a career, but there's just something about DiMaggio and how difficult it is to get a hit in Major League Baseball and to know that he did it 56 games in a row somehow is it's still it's just still amazing to think about and consider especially because of how good his competition was and how good some of these ball players that he was facing were uh, it's re- really just something and I love that picture, and I love staring at it. And I've never even seen the back of the cards. The cards are worthless. The whole thing is, I mean, who knows what it costs? I don't even know how to look it up. It's just something I've always valued, and I like talking about it. And it makes me feel better to look at. It makes me think of my grandfather. So it always, especially me, I'll always have it. <sighs> okay. Sentiment. Time over. Let's talk about this beer. So, Ship Bottom Brewery um, is on Beach Haven, or I guess Long Beach Island. It's in Beach Haven. And I got a 3.66 average rating on Untapped. Uh, they also have a location in Wallingford, PA. That was the original. They have a ton of interesting beers. Um, they have their own hard cider. Uh, now they have the Shack IPA, which is probably their most famous. 
Um, they've done uh, a Mexican stout that's really great, a Baconator beer, um, saltwater taffy IPAs, and their chicken and the egg IPA that's made with the famous chicken and egg, you know, uh, location down there. It's uh, it's a, it's a fun take on on a lot of different craft beers and you know you see them at festivals and stuff and i've always wanted to get down there um i was hoping to but the beer fest on the island the beer and hot sauce festival hop sauce was canceled so wow but we're talking about their specifically their blueberry bikini bottom wheat ale um it is you know they wanted a fruity finish from these blueberries one of new jersey's best crops uh to uh sort of finish out this wheat ale it's a 4.7 percent abv really really drinkable really crisp clean it has that backbone to it uh that wheat beers do and uh you know it sort of allows for you know uh, drinkability And it'll hold up to a sip. It goes down pretty easily. And you smell the blueberries, right? You have that little bit of sweetness in there. And, you know, it, it's a good beer. It, it's nice. It's refreshing. Uh, you can have it with a nice appetizer or salad. This is something that you can have with a little bit of lighter fare. Uh, it may not be a full-on barbecue beer. But it's great uh, for a hot day. It's definitely refreshing. Um, no, I like this. Um, oh, it's different from that wit that I had last week in a way that it's not... The ginger was really strong, really present. Just shy of abrasive, but in a good way, right? This is sweet, and it's more subtle. Uh, it's really lingers in the smell, but it's got that classic wheat beer feel to it. It's listed as a fruit beer on Untapped, and I'm not necessarily in agreement with that, but I'll let bygones be bygones. I have to give it a 3.75. I think that's a good resting spot for this beer it's really good it's refreshing it's crisp um it's one of those it is what it is right it is a blueberry wheat ale and it's done well it's straight up about what it is it doesn't really hit you with any surprises but that's not a bad thing so Pick one up if you can see it. Uh, they have curbside. They have takeaway. They'll even deliver if you're nice enough. So go ahead. Grab that. I would definitely recommend this. I would also recommend that if you want to continue the conversation and you want this podcast to do better or show up on charts or you just want me to have some type of validation, uh, you can like, share, and subscribe, especially uh, leaving reviews, five-star ratings, uh, those really help with 
algorithms and confidence. Uh, you can also interact with me, mmaritea22, Instagram, Twitter, Untapped, Medium, Skywriting. Or you can just go to the podcast, Sport Chance Pod, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm always around if you want to get at me professionally, LinkedIn, at Maritea. Um, be on the lookout for some last out media news dropping soon. Um, check out the stuff I'm doing with Dining on a Dime. Should be a new podcast recording and then dropping sometime around Monday. Um, there should be another Q Your Cuisine or whatever Kevin is changing the name to. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm busy. I'm producing a lot of content, I guess. Uh, should be a beer review piece out Monday. Um, check out what I'm doing with Main Course PHL. That's some exciting stuff. A little bit of a different vibe there. I'm working a lot more on social media and sort of helping them reboot. There's a magazine involved, maybe paper copies of stuff. Um, yeah, lots of really exciting stuff I'm looking forward to. Uh, thank you, everyone, as always, for listening. Thank you for bearing with me. Um, when topics got difficult, thank you for everything. Uh, listening and drinking alongside. And yeah, so that's enough from me now. Have a good one. Cheers. <laughs>